Welcome to Inspiring Women with Lori McGraw. I am your host, Lori McGraw. I have spent the past 30 years in leadership, and over the years, I've come to learn one thing. Women need women, and not just any women, but inspiring women. Tune in every week to hear from women at the pinnacle of their careers and from others who are just starting out. Episodes can be found at inspiringwomen.show or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening, and I hope you will be inspired. This is Inspiring Women, and I am Lori McGraw. Today, we're kicking off a new series on Inspiring Women, and it's a mentoring series. We're going to be speaking with Helen Figge and, and Alexis Bailingkongen, and they are both uh, in a relationship of mentor and mentee, professional executive women, aspiring women, who are benefiting um, both to, to and from each other in terms of this mentoring relationship. I speak to a lot of women who are aspiring, inspiring, and as they talk about their career journeys, they always speak about mentors or sponsors and how they've helped them. So in today's episode, we're going to begin to explore that relationship. Now, Helen Figge is the Chief Strategy Officer of MedicaSoft. That's a health IT data and analytics company. She's also the president-elect of HIMSS in the New York State chapter. Alexis Bailing-Kongen, she is the Regional Con Connectivity Executive at Hillrom. Hillrom is a global medical technology company recently acquired by Baxter. She also is with HIMSS New York State chapter on the board. And Helen and Alexis, thank you so much for being on Inspiring Women. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. All right. Well, let's let's get started. So this is going to be an interesting conversation speaking with you both. I really appreciate you being here. But, you know, we always get oriented in inspiring women sort of talking about what you're doing right now professionally. What is your day to day? What is your job? Maybe Helen, you could kick us off. So I'm currently um, the chief strategy officer, as you said, for MedicaSoft, and I support the mission of cloud-based uh, HIPAA-compliant software solutions for healthcare, but I am also the executive residence at the Massachusetts College of Pharmacy and Health Science University in Boston, where I teach and mentor, and I think that is very rewarding um, as well. Terrific. Alexis? Sure. And then, as you mentioned, uh, I am the Regional Connectivity Executive for Baxter, um, whereby I served as a uh, clinical subject matter expert. I'm also a nurse in order to assist with healthcare integrations, creating interoperability within a health system. And then with the ultimate goal of yielding mutual benefits for both patient and clinician always. So for both of you, um, you've always been in, you know, backgrounds in healthcare IT. Alexis, you're a registered nurse, so you started on the clinical end. And Helen, you're as a as a pharmacist. You know, you started off as a clinical um, uh, deliverer as well. So maybe you could just give us a how did you get here? So Helen, if you could just give us a little bit of the background bio sketch of, you know, how did you get to this executive position? And also, you know, you were always involved in other things, including HIMSS New York. 
Yeah, I um, thanks, Lori. And, and by the way, you have been one of my career mentors as well. And, you know, I'm a pharmacist by trade, and I use those basic skills to engage in the technologies that started to evolve as we saw in healthcare. So I was originally hired by a fortune company to support drug distribution and their supply chain solutions as a clinical subject matter expert. And then the electronic medical record hit the market and my career continued to evolve. I met you at a phenomenal company under the auspices of Glenn Tolman called Allscripts. So you were one of my first career mentors. And then I met Judy Faulkner, founder of Epic, who totally inspired me with her love of math and technology. And by way of her energy for changing healthcare, I just continue to watch and follow her successes, your successes. And I tried to emulate great women who I thought were doing great things. So my career really evolved unintentionally, but my inspiration to work in the field of healthcare technology really evolved from people who I would love to have walked in their shoes. And with that, energy. I want to help others along the way to really drive people and women to really get to the point where they want to be. I remember in pharmacy school, I met a fantastic individual named Paul Sowney, who was the director of drug information at the Brigham and Women's Hospital at the time. And he realized I had more in me than I thought I had in myself. And I just continue to gravitate to people uh, to this day. And I want to give that energy back, as in the case with my relationship with Alexis. That's awesome. And thanks so much, you know, Helen, for those kind words. I really appreciate them. I mean, we've known each other a long time and it's been um, it's been a great relationship. You're always so great in giving um, to others. Alexis, what about you? I mean, starting as a nurse and then moving into technology, how, you know, how did that happen? Absolutely. And, and you know, I want to echo um, what Helen mentioned about the energy, right? I'm very passionate in what I do. I absolutely love my patients. But then there's that part of me where I say, what more can I do for them? And then also for my colleagues. And so as I started to question, um, you know, these workflows or the inefficiencies that may be happening within a health system, that's where I, you know, I gave myself that quintessential I'm going to be that positive disruptor in healthcare. And then how would I go about doing that? And so researched into um, schools for a master's education in nursing informatics, um, went to organization um, roadshows or joined other organizations such as HIMSS, and that's where I met Helen. And then finding women in this space who had that same energy and passion and drive for success is really how I got to this position with those mentors helping me along the way. So let's talk about how the two of you met. So you, you, you do not work together in this. You don't have the same employer, yet you have this relationship. And so it, it appears like it has to do with being involved in your professional society of hymns. How, how, how did you meet? So we both met through the HIMSS chapter of New York State, where we were both um, current board members, but I've been volunteering um, it, since 2007 for a variety of um, organizations, but specifically just for this, where I met Alexis was since 2007. 
And Alexis was relatively new to the venue, but her passion was very obvious. A team player, she includes, she's very much into health equity topics. And um, her nursing background really, you know, being able to walk the walk and said, yeah, I've been there. And then having to be able to have that conversation, I think is so important. So um, that's where we met um, specifically. Alexis, if you want to add anything. Absolutely. And, and Helen, I don't think you remember this, but I actually, prior to HIMSS, I was at a Becker's event so that I can get some more education about everything that's happening. I actually saw you at Becker's loved your personality and energy. And I was so excited when we crossed paths again at Hims and said, this is a phenomenal woman. This is a person who's in a role and I aspire to become, you know, just like Helen. In the good, the good things. <laughs> in the all good things. Alexis, did you, uh, were, were you seeking a mentor? A lot of women I speak to, younger women, they, you know, they, they're sort of like not sure how to approach the relationship. So it's interesting that you saw something in Helen that, you know, spoke to you. How did you, how did the relationship of mentoring happen? Was it formal? Did you ask? Did it just sort of emerge? Give us some, give us some insight into that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, as a as a millennial, a younger person, a younger one person, you know, that's a woman in this healthcare industry, sometimes it could be very intimidating seeking a mentor who may not have uh, you know, you, you don't see many women in our space. It's growing, but I personally don't think it's enough yet. So sometimes it can be intimidating reaching out to women, but that's what I want everyone, um, you know, to take away from this is to, to kind of bet on yourself and take that leap of faith and that it's okay to reach out to other women if you want to seek a mentor or, or get some help. And then because I know that I've been in that, in those shoes where I saw Helen, I thought she was phenomenal. I loved her energy. You can instantly feel the leadership that she, you know, exuded. When I crossed paths with her at HIMSS, it was honestly just informal in having those engagements, wanting to learn more, asking the questions as opposed to not asking at all, right? Because I always say, you know, if you quit on yourself, then that will, those opportunities will never happen. So just bet on yourself and try. And then as a mentor myself, I've reached out to other individuals where I'm saying, wow, they have great energy. Maybe they just need a mentor to help them with that initial process. So it's interesting that it's sort of like both, you know, give and take that you both, you know, seek guidance from, from a mentor, but then also, you know, recognize that you can provide it um, to others and you actively go about doing it. Helen, what about from your perspective? I mean, again, you've said that you have always mentored um, others and how did it actually from your perspective happen with Alexis? Was it just someone that you said like, wow, I really want to further help this woman? What, what, what happened there? I just think um, as Alexis said, it was her energy, but you know, Lori, I've, I've always mentored in my various roles and for a variety of individuals, whether it be women, which we're focusing on always, in, or someone joining the health IT career track or new to any career path they were unfamiliar with. 
And I think mentoring comes naturally, at least to me, because I always try to pave the way for others to follow and make their journey less cumbersome than mine. I remember when we all started with electronic health records, it was really, you know, a, a very aggressive industry. Um, you handled it eloquently. Um, although I never worked in Judy Faulkner's breath zone, I used to see her as Alexis saw me. I saw Judy, I saw how you worked uh, firsthand. And the bottom line really is you don't have to say, gee, be my mentor. It's walk the walk, have the real life experience and show either how it was done, how to help others, how you can improve on something and give the platform for someone else to succeed like at a task. And I think when women say, gee, I need a mentor or I need help, looking around and even seeing how someone does something right or how someone handled something incorrectly, you could learn from that and build a confidence level. And I think that's where we need to be. Just follow somebody that you admire, you would like to be like, and see how they do it. And you know whether it be a working woman, someone changing their career paths, English as a second language. There's opportunities to open your eyes because a person's character comes out pretty obviously as you witness them. And I think that's how you can really choose a mentor to see how you would like to be like them or pick up their positive traits. So Alexis, as, we, as you and Helen have been working together, um, it, how does the relationship work? So you clearly have um, admiration and, and see characters or characteristics of each other that um, are, are things that inspire each of you. That's terrific. But how does the mentoring work? Do you go to Helen and seek um, career advice from her? Do you have structured meetings? How, how does it, what does it look like? Absolutely. So it, it's, I think it's more of an informal cadence um, where if, let's say, I run into specific situations um, in my own career or if I'm looking for growth opportunities, you know, what would that look like? Knowing that Helen has had a robust career, I'm sure she's, you know, experienced certain um you know, opportunities or scenarios. And then that's where we have that mutual conversation. And this is a scenario I'm currently in, how would I go about approaching it? Or what are the things that I need to brush up on in order to be successful? Or even where I set many goals for myself, Helen, what can I do in order to achieve these many goals in hopes of getting to the larger, bigger picture? So give us an example. Give us an example of some of the some of the great advice perhaps that you've that Helen's given to you. Yeah, so um, we also sit on another board for um, a, a nonprofit that also mentors young um, women um, who are either in grade school or in high school looking into um, just have exposure to career opportunities or even just the day-to-day -day practices as females and what we encounter. And Helen walked me through the process of 
you know, there's this great opportunity, you would be phenomenal in also sitting on this board. And I had a little bit of hesitancy, right? Like I was new to him. I just got my feet wet. Is this something that I can really do? You know, that imposter syndrome is real for many of us who are young. And it was some of that doubt where I was like, I don't, I don't know if I can handle this. But Helen was definitely um, there with me step by step saying, you know, these are things that I know you can absolutely do. Let's walk through the process. So then that way you can be successful and other opportunities will come where you sit at the table, where you're given that opportunity to be a female at the table, sitting in a position of leadership and having that opportunity to mentor other women. So Helen is sort of pushy, and so she's she's giving you she's giving <laughs> opportunities and sort of pushing you into them. Helen, does does Alexis take all of your advice? And when you when you push her in a direction, does she always go there? You know, she does most of the time, but she's very independent, and that's what we love, right? We want to be challenged ourselves, even as mentors. And Alexis talking about a fantastic organization called I Am Beautiful, which helps. Uh, young girls and um, adolescent girls and young women become those individuals they were meant to be despite how they started in their lives. Um, and it was an organization, as Alexis said, that was out of her comfort zone, meaning she was you know, a clinical nurse. And this was something totally outside of the realm of, gee, do I have the skills needed to you know, entertain and give back? Um, so it's an opportunity to take information under advisement. And I think that's what a mentor does. You know, you learn and you give and you have the opportunity to say, well, this is what I experienced, but this is just an example. So it, it goes to, to the point, Lori, where I've been there, I've done that. It was successful. Nope, this flopped. Um, take it under advisement. Maybe you could do it better. Or maybe you want to learn from the mistakes that I made coming out of the gate so that you could improve on something that I could not. So I think that's really what mentoring is about. It's trying to pave the way for someone to not have so many black eyes as perhaps I did or the person before me. And Helen, it was a good push because I'll admit you know, I've acquired some of those characteristics of yours because I pushed another mentee of mine who is an OR nurse, is just starting her career in health IT and is, you know, in school for the first time um, looking into this field. And I also, you know, kind of gave her a nudge and said, you know, there are scholarship opportunities out there. I really think you should apply. And lo and behold, she was a national recipient um, for the HIMSS scholarship and attended the conference. So sometimes all you need is to have someone who sees that little light in you and give you that push to take that leap of faith and bet on yourself. You know, it's so it's so great to hear sort of the positive cycle of sort of like pushing, reach further, you know, here's an opportunity, let me point you in this direction. Let's talk about the um the flip side of it because some of the 
um, you know, the growth opportunities for people if they are um, just aspiring to advance professionally come from the hard advice, come from the, you know, less comfortable topics. So maybe Helen, from your perspective, you know, like how do you approach that? Like, hey, could have handled this differently or, you know, perhaps um, um, a little bit look in the mirror, um, difficult advice or feedback you might get. How do you approach that as um, um, somebody, who, you know, whether it's for Alexis or others in terms of the people that you speak with? Well, you know, Lori, you're talking to a person who flunked kindergarten and suffered from dyslexia my entire life. So it was really challenging and I had no self-confidence. I will surely tell you that. But I think if people want to learn and, you know, you give the platform and the opportunity, it's a beautiful thing. And I think opportunity is something you yourself have to look for. And I always said to myself, you don't know enough about this or that. Or you better learn about this before something else. You know, I always had this doom and gloom. So I got my green belt and then I got my black belt. Then I got my MBA. I didn't want to collect degrees. I felt I needed to learn something to make myself uh, comfortable in my skin to open my mouth. So it built my confidence level over time. And I gravitated eventually to people who always said the glass is half full. And of course, the first thing you do, if you know you've made a mistake, you obviously fess up to it. You don't try to hide it, cover it up, you know, color it over. Um, and I think that is what I call being caustically honest. And I think we all have to be good at that, but we also have to be sensitive to our environment. But being able to be confident in your own self, I think, is very powerful. If you have an opinion and you're intelligent with your answer, speak up. And I think people, women have to learn that. Um, ensure you know what you're talking about and then speak your mind. And that's really how you lead by mentoring, lead by example, everyday actions. Um, you know, I read an article where rudeness is now a pandemic. People are rude. And I was thinking, say thank you. Wow, that was a great, fantastic presentation. It goes a long way and that gravitates people to you as well. I think I think the rudeness um, pandemic is. <laughs> I, I think that is a that absolutely is a thing. Alexis, from your perspective on the you know receiving um, difficult feedback um, from a trusted source, a mentor, how, has that happened? Have you had that experience, and how did that go for you? Yeah, absolutely. And and I always say that mentorship provides access to those who might not have it. And then once you do have that mentorship it is important to get that difficult feedback because it like humbles you and brings you back down. It's like, yes, I got the mentor that I wanted, or I finally found a mentor. But then there's that reality check too, that happens in creating a mentor mentee relationship that I think really does have to happen, right? The brutal honesty that comes from having a mentorship so that you are also truthful and honest with where you are. And that's why you seek a mentor, right? Nothing is perfect. And you have to understand 
where is the good, the bad, the ugly? And then like Helen said, then, you know, attach some praise and thank you because it, it is that type of relationship where you have to know your strengths and weaknesses in order to grow. What about some of that difficult feedback though? So what was some of that feedback that sort of like, you know, maybe didn't feel positive to you, but was helpful to you? Have you been in that situation? Um, because I think sometimes, you know, the um, what I see is that the supportive relationships are so incredibly powerful. You know, Alexis, you mentioned imposter syndrome, giving you the confidence to, um, to not feel like that imposter um, anymore. And those things, they, they do feel really terrific. At the same time, sometimes it's the hard truths that allow you to grow um, faster and further. And so have those come from um, mentoring relationships? Sometimes they just come from your, perhaps your, you know, your immediate manager or something like that. So I'm just curious, um, maybe Alexis, for you, if you've been in that situation and have, have been on the receiving end of things that maybe didn't feel as good, but were constructive and helpful to you in your, um, your career progression. Absolutely. Right. So you know, as a, as a clinician, as a female, as a nurse, I'm a people pleaser, right? I just want to say yes to everything. I just want to do everything and anything I possibly can. But sometimes you have to learn to say no. You have to learn to say no. Um, otherwise, if you don't, you can't negotiate your terms or be respectful of your own time or even other people's times or deliverables that you now have to meet because you said yes in fear of letting people down. And that was also a wake-up call for me where it, it was you can't always make people like you. You can't always say yes to everything, and you're not always going to make every single person happy. And I actually had to digest that and then kind of think about it and be like, yeah, it's okay that not everyone will like me. Or it's okay that maybe that person will not be happy by me saying no, but it's in the benefit of either myself, my mental health, or the benefit of the project itself. And I had to learn those things because I just wanted to say yes to everything. I think that is a really tough, a tough thing. And I, and I do see that particularly with younger people, the yes, 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 it does not necessarily mean it's helpful to you specifically, you know, sometimes that, you know, ends up meaning you're the doormat, you know, or you're not considered as important in certain situations. So that's, that's terrific. Thank you so much for sharing that, Alexis. Helen, from your perspective, sort of like the harshest advice you've ever given, um, or, 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 um, you know, wanted to give that's been sort of helpful to someone that you're working with like Alexis? You know, and Alexis really hit on a, 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 a great thing in healthcare. We join healthcare to help people, but healthcare at the end of the day, you know, it is a business. And I remember oftentimes, um, you know, someone would say, gee, Helen, you didn't get that right. You don't know anything about finances or, and I'd go and I'd say, you're right. I don't. And I have to learn about this. And I did it on my own time just so that I could build up my confidence. Because I will tell you, um, Lori, you know, coming through my career, I got beat up an awful lot. And maybe it was a lot of little things. But one thing I wanted to take away from the, the, the equation was ignorance on a topic. And um, the hardest thing to do or be is knowing you're right and can't do anything about it.
um, but we work in teams and we have to be able to present ideas and convince others it's the correct idea. At the end of the day, if it's not, you've done your best. All I tell everyone is do your best. At the end of the day, you sleep with yourself and you have to be able to wake up and say, what can I do that I could do great today? And I think that's just, I've been very fortunate in my career, how I started in my um, um, humble beginnings. And I want to help people say, look, you can do it if you have the people to support you and be around you and find those people who say the glass is half full. There's always an opportunity in every challenge. And I think people forget that. Well, you know, it's interesting. You both you both sort of gravitate to the glasses half full. So it's very clear that in the relationship the two of you had, that's a, it just strikes me that the, some of the reason that you're together is because of that um, sort of, you know, joint outlook of, of really seeing things in a positive forward moving um, type of progression. You know, as we close out in this conversation, this is really interesting. I really appreciate both of you sharing all these insights. You know, I'd love to just hear each of your perspectives on why you think these mentoring relationships are important, not maybe just for you, but maybe broadly, you know, for, for women specifically, for women of color, you know, why is it helpful? Why would you encourage people to seek, seek these things out? Maybe, um, Alexis, you could kick us off with that. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, mentoring is so important because to me, mentoring can break down the silos that exist right now and really give birth to new opportunities. It, it enables the creation of diverse leadership. And we do need a lot more diverse leadership out there. That is so important. I agree. Helen, what's your perspective? I really am passionate about, regardless of how a person's life starts, everyone can be influenced in a positive way as they meet someone. You know, I tell my students, there's what, 3.8 billion people in the world. Why do you meet one certain person over those 3.8 billion? There must be a reason. If not, at least think and see where you could make a difference in someone's life. And it's the simple things of mentoring and and, and being able to say, you can do it, you can do it. I've done it, look at, uh, this person has done it. And I think I didn't really have mentors that I could talk to daily, but I would follow their careers and say, gee, that was fantastic um, presentation, or gee, look how far this woman has gotten. Uh, and it was inspirational, visionary, maybe a little bit of fantasy combined, like, gee, I'd love to walk in her shoes. Um, and it pushed me. And I want to do that as Alexis is very um, uh, intellectually diverse in all of her reaches. Uh, she's a phenomenal leader now. She'll be even a greater leader as she progresses in her career. I want to leave the world better than how I found it. I know it sounds weird to many, but leave the place better despite how difficult and challenging it is to get to the end point. 
these are, you know, just the each of you has this really great way of capturing um, just this this positive outlook. And I really appreciate that you, you are both right. It is a hard space in healthcare and technology in terms of the spaces that you're in coming from, you know, a service focus as clinicians um, first and then moving to um, other types of companies and career trajectories based on technology and information and data. It's just great to hear your outlook around this. As we um, close out this Inspiring Women conversation, I would just love for each of you to just touch on your last um, best advice for others, for other aspiring, inspiring women that are out there. Maybe Alexis, I'll go to you first. Yeah, it's absolutely bet on yourself. And then just always say, you can do this and don't be afraid to fail. It's going to happen, but it's really how you rise from it and what you learn from it in order to be a successful leader. Agree, agree. Helen? Yeah, I want to ditto those comments. Um, be yourself. Don't take no if you feel that you want to move forward. You are your own person. We all have to live in, in a world to be respectful. I say to many, you may not like me, but respect what I offer and do in a job to help others. At the end of the game, it's not about us. It's about who we're trying to get to, to make a difference in the lives we touch. Because if not, we can be you know, doing a totally different career and we wouldn't be where we are today. So as Alexis said, have faith in yourself and learn and learn from the best. Well, this has been a really, I mean, it's been a very positive conversation. I really appreciate both of your comments, your wisdom, your advice. This has been a mentoring series, Inspiring Women Conversation. I've been speaking with Helen Figge and Alexis Bailing-Congan. And Alexis and Helen, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. This has been an episode of Inspiring Women with Lori McGraw. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We are produced by Kate Cruz at Executive Podcast Solutions. More episodes can be found on inspiringwomen.show. I am Lori McGraw, and thank you for listening.